It's February 2020. An online spat is taking place. The two opponents are Jamila Jamil, British actress, TV presenter, and activist, and Tracy Egan Morrissey, an ex-Jezebel editor. Morrissey is white, by the way. There are a lot of little details to this genuinely confounding story, but too long didn't read Morrissey suggested that Jamil has, or is acting like she has, Munchausen syndrome, a disorder where people fake illnesses. Now, Jamil has always been very open about living with chronic illness. She has disorders of the connective tissue known as Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. It causes flexible joints and regularly results in falls, dislocations, and other injuries. Jamil's experiences of this and other conditions in both mental and physical health have informed her activism. She's best known for her body positivity activism, having battled with anorexia as a teenage model and a young woman navigating the fashion and TV worlds, and her crusade against the misogynist and fat-shaming diet and detox industry has delivered some impressive results. Welcome to Cancel. I'm your host, Cam, and this is the show where we look back at some of the biggest and most bizarre attempts to cancel people, corporations, and even countries. You may think the subjects of our very rigorous and academic study deserve public disdain. You may think it's all a gross injustice, but it doesn't matter, because all of them were judged in the court of public opinion and ultimately canceled. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We're a new show breaking down the anime and pop culture news you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) And we agree on some things but not on everything. Hi. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. Listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. In 2019, Instagram tightened up its rules on the promotion of weight loss products, a decision that was no doubt influenced by Jamil herself. Indeed, she consulted on the new policies. Jamil had spent years dragging celebrities who endorsed or promoted weight loss products, especially the Kardashians, but also Miley Cyrus and Cardi B, among others. Her goal was to raise awareness of how these products and platforms collude in creating impossible body standards that can make girls ill, which is why she started the I Weigh movement on Instagram, which encouraged women to post the weight of their worth rather than kilograms. For example, I weigh my great friendships and growing business. 
iWay is now an active Instagram page showcasing Jamil's podcast and public speaking work alongside the work of other body positivity activists. Jamil often covers the intersection of race and beauty. She has legions of fans, many of them being teenage girls and young women who are grateful to have her in the public eye spreading a message that everyone is beautiful without products. Jamil is also open about her own struggle with mental health and shares her vulnerability generously. She has been on countless magazine covers and won multiple awards. She is now the most famous face in the body positivity movement. She is also wealthy and meets nearly every standard of European beauty. Anyway, back to Morrissey. To support her argument that Jamil was faking some of her health issues, Morrissey dredged up interviews where Jamil talked about the same incidents but with different details. This was to prove she was inconsistent and therefore could be lying. These incidents include car accidents, cancer, this one time with Ali Murs where she fell on her face, and another where she said she was chased by a swarm of bees with Mark Ronson. But the issue was that Ronson said there were only one or two bees, not a swarm. Morrissey also highlights a picture of peanut pretzels that she'd posted, alongside a quote from a 2015 interview where she said she is allergic to shellfish and peanuts. The full story is still on Morrissey's Instagram page titled JJ. It's about 100 slides long and is forensically detailed, highlighting inconsistencies and what Morrissey deems strange behavior. Like how Jamil kept a bag of peas on her face after oral surgery through an entire press conference, including the meet and greet after, where she posed for still pictures. Still pictures, still holding the peas. Morrissey wants to suggest that no one would actually do this. They would at least put the peas down for the still shots. But we weren't there on the day, so we can't really be sure how many minutes peas were up or down. And anyway, since when is Morrissey the pea police? People react to things differently. Most of the substantial accusations in Morrissey's story have since been accounted for by Jamil herself. For example, Morrissey suggests that Jamil is lying about a car crash because in one interview she said it put her in a wheelchair, but in another said it meant she needed a Zimmer frame. Well, Jamil confirmed it was both. She started in a wheelchair before moving to a Zimmer frame. Jamil also rebuffed criticism about her allergies, saying she grew out of it, and explained why she has referred to cancer scares in some interviews, but cancer in others. Answer, she's had both. And although we never did get to the bottom of the B situation, Mark Ronson said the discrepancy had been resolved between them, and he is very much on her side. Look, all of this might seem like nothing. Ask someone to tell the same story twice and they may use different words or focus on different details. Yeah, yeah. Or if they're telling a story in front of a studio audience like Jamil often is, they might amp stuff up for entertainment. Fair enough. But the story went viral. Unusually viral. People loved it. They believed it. Jamil was inundated by accusations and questions following it. Her name just kept on trending. Even Piers Morgan weighed in. Discussing her nut allergy clearing up, he said, quote, I hope your other 1,345 virtue signaling, victimhood craving ailments make similarly miraculous recoveries. End quote. Jamil fired back, saying that having Ehlers-Danlos syndrome meant people always, quote, 
doubt your illness and injuries because you look okay, end quote, while calling Morrissey an unhinged idiot. <laughs> Morrissey criticized this language from a mental health advocate, but it was getting too much. Jamil locked her accounts. Her boyfriend, James Blake, tweeted a statement saying, it's pretty disgusting to watch the woman I love be dogpiled on, he said. I'm there for her swollen joints, her dislocations, her severe allergic reactions, her constant high fevers. I was there for her concussion, her three months of seizures when the doctor gave her the cancer diagnosis. End quote. Later, he added, quote, the woman spreading these lies has started a Patreon so that you have to pay her to hear them, literally profiting off exploiting and gaslighting a young woman of color with a chronic illness, end quote. Blake's right there. Morrissey was indeed charging people for access to the private DMs they exchanged after. And I think we can all agree that forcing someone to reveal their medical history because they don't look sick is truly grim stuff. But what's particularly noteworthy is that it wasn't exactly hard for Morrissey to attract people to this utterly batshit story. Well, that's because there was already a large and growing Jamil skeptic audience out there, an audience who'd grown suspicious of her savior ambitions and who noted her own problematic behaviors. Look, the fact is, by the time Morrissey's attack piece came out, many parts of the internet had already canceled her. And here are the reasons why. Jamil is acting and playing a role when she's playing Tahani Al-Jamil in The Good Place. Her character on the show is a wealthy philanthropist who, spoiler alert, gets sent to hell rather than heaven. This is because all her good deeds in life were done for self-interested reasons rather than truly noble ones. It is inevitable that where justice work is financially beneficial, suspicion can be aroused. Though most people will agree that doing anything well, sports, acting, activism, brings profile, it doesn't necessarily mean that the people involved are motivated by fame. Indeed, in an interview with InStyle in 2019, she said that her activism work has actually cost her a lot of money rather than made it, because her ethics means she can't work with certain companies. In the same interview, she accepts that privileged people are often the ones who become the face of a movement, mentioning Tarana Burke, the black woman who started the Me Too movement, whose work was barely acknowledged, instead dwarfed by the work of glamorous white Hollywood actresses. But Jamil hasn't fully realized there are parallels there with her too, of her activism dwarfing the efforts of lesser-known body-positive activists. Quote, I'm saying the things I said when I was more marginalized and before Asian people were accepted and when I was chubbier and now that I'm slim and suddenly brown is in, like this is the year of the brown girl, it seems I've just picked this up like a new hobby, end quote. This is quite characteristic of Jamil. She has spent a substantial amount of time throughout her career justifying the space she takes up through lived experience without a thorough acknowledgement of the privileges she has now, today, here. What if you could become stronger, more resilient, cure disease, and all you have to do is get naked in the cold? and breathe. You get into ice water, and instead of like freaking out, you relax. It's called the Wim Hof Method, and Gwyneth Paltrow and Justin Bieber love it. I do the ice plunge because it's good for your body. But there's also a dark side. How many people have died doing the Wim Hof Method? We can override even death. Listen on the podcast Infamous. That's Infamous, playing now. We all have questions that keep us up at night. 
the self-help industry tells us they have answers. As a journalist and a skeptic, I'm not so sure. So I've set out to talk to people who have gone to radical lengths to find answers. I'm Catherine Rowland. From Something Else and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Seeking. On season one, we're diving deep into the portal of plant medicine and psychedelics. Listen to Seeking wherever you get your podcasts. One point of timing on Morrissey's piece, it landed quickly after another storm for Jamil. This time, it was about Legendary, a TV show some misconstrue as solely a voguing competition and her being announced as a judge. The internet asked, what is a British straight woman doing presenting a show about an American LGBTQ plus art form? To which Jamil replied, I'm actually queer. Being forced to come out in this way is undeniably horrible. And it is genuinely significant that someone as femme-presenting and as straight-presenting and as famous as her, not to mention being from a South Asian background, came out publicly. It sparked many good conversations that needed to happen about what queer looks like and about being queer in a heterosexual relationship. It will no doubt help broaden our collective understanding. But for the skeptics, it was just another example of Jamil using her personal experience to justify taking up limited space for marginalized people when other people deserve that shine too. Is this harsh or fair criticism? Is it Jamil's fault that society makes us fight over crumbs of opportunities? Or does it smack of entitlement? That's up to you to decide. It's not just how she looks that makes her brand of activism palatable. Arguably, it's the content, too. Compared to some of the truly radical perspectives that have come from the body positive movement, Jamil's suggestions are generally quite unspecific. A lot of slogans, but few practical demands. It's more about awareness and talking. A lot of talking. Which is fair enough. She's a celebrity with a profile who wants to help raise awareness. She's not a political strategist. But critics have said that the talking aspect of her work can be unhelpful, especially if she lacks a robust understanding of the issues she's presented to be a leading voice on. This lack of knowledge could explain other very viral moments where Jamil has offended. The first thing to say here is that unlike many, many people, Jamil admits when she's wrong. Well, eventually. And she apologizes and tries to learn from it. That's better than a lot of people. She's had so many of these learning moments that her bio says up front that she is a feminist in progress. And progress is being made. In a recent interview with The Guardian, Jamil talked about understanding the mistrust around her. That is a sea change in tone from the 2019 interview. It's evidence of self-awareness, which she has lacked before. Like when she posted some gorgeous professionally shot photos where there was no flaw in sight and her hair and makeup looked like perfection. The caption read, quote, Say no to airbrushing. Pores and lines and spots and dry lips are something kids need to see so they don't grow up thinking there is something f***ing wrong with them, end quote, which is probably the equivalent of a model showing a tiny bit of cellulite and calling it brave. The same thing happened when she mentioned in an interview how she does her own hair and makeup on set. It's hard to know if she was intentionally trying to do a I'm not like those other girls, humble brag, but how it was reported certainly 
didn't sound great when billions of women do their own makeup every day. At best, this is annoying. At worst, her lack of understanding counterintuitively veers into misogyny and promotes a kind of pure woman that does not plaster her face with makeup, dress, or act sexually. This last bit has on occasion stumbled into misogynoir territory, that is, the specific kind of misogynistic hatred directed towards black women, which frequently manifests as criticism of their sexuality and how they express it. In 2014, Jamil wrote an article, now deleted, criticizing Beyonce dancing on a pole. Feminism that excludes other races, usually through questions around respectability, which usually promote a Eurocentric way of life, is known as white feminism. And though she's not white, Jamil is regularly accused of being a white feminist. Take the incident with body positive activist Stephanie Yebwa. Jamil had posted about body positivity being co-opted by skinny white ladies. But there was something about the post that rang a bell for Yebwa. It sounded like a private conversation they'd had over DMs where Yeboah explained the value of the movement. In a broader thread, Yeboah discussed how black women risk being pushed out of body positivity, despite their sizable contribution to it, and noted that Iowa at the time featured a lot of white women. It is now much more diverse, by the way. Jamil appeared outraged that she'd been called a racist, saying she is, quote, Sorry Yebois didn't get credited as one of the people who explained body positivity to me. I did my best to fix it, but this is truly unkind. End quote. This is, of course, a classic white response to racism. That is, more angry about the public accusation than actually doing the thing. This was years ago now, and the two have clearly patched it up and are working together. Moreover, Jamil has said in interviews that she is aware her comments on pop stars acting provocatively can come across as sex-shaming, and she blamed her own internalized misogynist. If the parties involved can forgive, shouldn't the internet? Look, the fact is, being a feminist is hard. It is impossible to live as one in a patriarchal world without some contradictions. It's especially hard if you're a woman of color who is forever expected to reach impossible standards of forgiveness and kindness, but also of fight and strength. Ultimately, it will be up to the public, her fans, you the listeners, to decide whether or not the shitty things she's said and done are unforgivable or whether they're actually kinda unimportant. It will also be up to you to decide whether the good she's done mitigates the bad, or if the good she's done needs to be contextualized against her privileges of fame, wealth, and appearance. Though to be clear, many high-profile people have done far less in the pursuit of a better world for others. This episode was written by Coco Khan. This is a Broccoli Production.